You're listening to Crossroads International Church Podcast. Welcome. We hope this podcast will bless you from wherever you're listening to it. For more information, go to our website at xrds.nl. And now, let's get into the podcast. Good morning, everybody. Did you find parking? Well, obviously, you're here, so... Good morning, everybody. So good for us to be together. We, we're here to worship God. We're here to, to praise Him. We, we're here to, to give ourselves to Him. We're here to, to hear Him speak to us. We, we are busy with a sermon series on the Holy Spirit. Uh, we are actually nearing the end, to, to, to be quite honest with you. It's... Uh, Today, uh, next week, um, we're going to be looking at another symbol of the Holy Spirit, another key way that the Holy Spirit helps make Jesus real, make our faith alive, helps us to follow Him, and that's uh, the Holy Spirit as oil. That's going to be a fun one, and uh, we're going to talk about that next week, and then the week after that, we're going to put it in practice. Um, I'm excited about that. I'm looking forward to that. Tomorrow night, don't forget, come to the community center. We are going to pray together tomorrow. What's it at 7.30? Is it? You should all know. You should have that date imprinted upon your soul. 7.30 tomorrow night. We're going to worship God and we're going to pray together Come, Holy Spirit, send a time of awakening into my life. That's what we want. That's what we're praying for. So that's happening tomorrow night. Um, I remind you, you've still got questions of reflection, devotions that I'm working on for us uh, that you can find in the app. So that's all still happening. But this is coming to a close, our series on the Holy Spirit. My prayer for us from here on out is increasingly, come Lord, awaken me. Descend upon my life in a new, fresh, and beautiful way. I want to not just understand, but I want to experience the presence and the power of God in my life. So that's where we're headed. And then, can I also just say, even though this sermon series is drawing to a close, my sincere prayer and hope is that it will not be the end, but merely the beginning of something new and beautiful for us as a community. Lord, take this and build upon it. Build upon it, Lord, from here. So today we're going to look at one more, yet another important and beautiful way that the Holy Spirit wants to help you. I think a way which is so relevant to the modern day human being.
the Holy Spirit, I believe one of the key roles in our lives is to come and calm the chaos. Today we're looking at the Holy Spirit as dove, as the giver of peace. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> Do us modern day human beings need it? In our fast-paced world that we live in, the gift of peace. A key gift, a key way that the Holy Spirit wants to help you. It says it. In John 14, verse 27, and this particular verse I'm reading out of the New Living Translation for you. I want you to write this verse down. I want you to, to, to in fact, if you've got a, a, a physical Bible and not just an app, write this one on the inside page. Because trust me, there are going to be times in life where you're going to need to find this verse and find it quickly. <laughs> You know where to go. You don't have to go flicking through pages. You just open it, and it's right there on the top left-hand corner on the inside of your Bible. John 14, 27. I am leaving you with a gift. Well, isn't that nice? Who doesn't like gifts? I'm leaving you with a gift, and here it is. Peace of mind and heart. Oh, man. There are few things as horrible as living life without peace. Huh? Do you know what I'm talking about? And so the Spirit of God says, something I want to do for you, because I know you need it, is I want to give you the gift of peace, peace of mind, Peace of heart. And the peace I give, in fact, you must know, is a gift that the world cannot give you. And the longer you live, the more you come to the realization just how true this is. The peace that I give you is a gift that the world, nothing, no one else can give you. So do not be troubled or afraid. One of the key tasks of the Holy Spirit is to calm the chaos in our lives and give us peace. Do you know what goes on in Svalbard? I probably said that wrong. I apologize. But anyway, um, <laughs> I just pointed to our resident Norwegian that sits in the front row here. <laughs> in Norway, Svalbard in Norway, you know what goes on there. They built this high-tech seed vault. Who knows about it? Oh, no, you are literally joking. <laughs> Somebody, please. Oh, you people should read more, really. There's this... So, so scientists are... I'm shocked. Scientists asked the question, 
where is the safest place that we can find? Because we want to, in case there's this big catastrophe, you see, now, now I'm having to explain it. This is not part of the sermon. So if we finish late, it's your fault. Because I was just going to move on. Now I've got to first explain it. <laughs> so scientists say, where is, where's the safest place? Because in case there's a big catastrophe, we want to secure the food source of the human race. So they've been collecting all, in fact, just over four and a half million seeds. This seed, that seed. And they've built this vault up in Norway, this high-tech vault, and they're keeping it safe there so that if something happens, at least they can go and pick that little seed and they can plant uh, mice and we can eat again. Okay, what I was going to say <laughs> is sometimes in life, wouldn't it be nice if there was a vault <laughs> where we could just be kind of, you know, I don't want to say locked away, but where we could just be kept safe from all the stuff that's going on in the world. All the chaos where we can just be up in Norway in this high-tech vault and we're protected from all these things. We don't have to face all the stuff that's going on in the world. And I really do not know what's going on because it seems to me just every time I just look, it seems like our world is going mad. There is chaos. But not only do we have to contend with the chaos in the world, we've got to contend with the chaos closer to home. In our marriages, in our relationships with our children, at work, and our neighborhoods, there's so much we have to deal with. So many storms that come our way, not just close to home, but then internally as well. Because we live with such a fast-paced life and so much we have to know and do and be aware of and this and that and go and go and stop and carry on. And we've just got so what happens is, Stress builds, and that often translates into this emotion, this word that I, in the first part of my life, never really heard, never really encountered in the first part of my ministry, but I'm encountering this more and more and more. In fact, this week alone, I was confronted with this, and I had to speak with somebody and pray with somebody about this. I'm becoming more and more, more, and more aware of this, and it is this word called anxiety. I was reading up on this a little bit this week. They reckon, so they've done some research on this, and global anxiety statistics, global anxiety stats have increased by over 25% in the last year and a half alone. And what they found is interesting, it, it affects all of us, young and old. But the worrying thing is the sharp increase in the experience of anxiety in our young people, in the under 25 age group, and in kids much younger than that. So with that said, can I just, I just want to make one comment here, and I want you to hear me. Anxiety is not a weakness. Do you hear me? It's not a sign of being immature or being weak or less than. If you struggle with anxiety, I, I need you to hear that. 
It's not because you're immature. It's not because you're not strong enough. It is a reality of living in the times and in the society that we live. There are a lot of pressures on us. There is a lot of stress upon us. And this often translates into emotions of anxiety. But let me say this to you. Even though anxiety is not a weakness, and I want you to remember that, anxiety does weaken us. It robs us. It steals from us. It takes away from us. It diminishes us. It takes our sleep and our rest And instead of clarity, we have clutter. Instead of calm, we have chaos. Instead of peace, we have panic. Instead of purpose, we have prison. That's as much rhyming as I can come up with now. I was on a roll there for a second. (laughs) The message of the gospel for you and me today is that despite all the stuff that we have to face, we can't go hide as a seed up in Norway in a vault. We've got to be in the world and we've got to face the stuff out in the world close to home and internally. We've got to face So many issues, whether it's health issues, blood pressure rising for some. For others, the issues that I face is not the rising of blood pressure, it's the dropping of savings accounts. (laughs) Marriage is struggling, whatever it might be, that's causing fear and anxiety and in some cases depression. And robbing us of our calm and living with a sense of peace and joy and serenity. The message of the gospel. One of the key ways that the spirit of the living God wants to help you is to give you a gift. Calm the chaos. The Holy Spirit wants to be the calming presence of Creator God in your situation, in your relationships, in every aspect of your life. The Spirit of God wants to be the calming presence of God in your life. Defying. Conquering. Those voices of fear and anxiety. The Bible's message for us is that when we feel anxiety rolling, the waves of anxiety rolling over us, that there is help. You can know and experience the calming presence of God. The Holy Spirit wants to draw you into the presence of peace. So that clutter can become clarity. And chaos can become calm. 
one of the key tasks of the Holy Spirit is to calm the chaos, whatever shape it might take in my life. In fact, this is not new. You already know this. We've touched on this. You remember Genesis 1 verse 2. I want to visit that passage again. I want us to look at this again because in my studies, I noticed something that, I mean, I've preached on it. I've mentioned this at least three times in the last five weeks, this passage, and I still never noticed it until now. I noticed something new in that passage. Why? You know why. Come, Holy Spirit, be my teacher. You've got it. Be my teacher. So I noticed something new that I want to share with you. So Genesis 1 verse 2. Now I'm going to read from the New King James Version. Um, Verse 2. The earth was without form. In other words, chaos. Void. Darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So this opening picture we have of our uh, planet is not a very welcoming one. It is an image, it is a picture of chaos, of clutter, of struggle. And then it says, the Spirit of God was hovering over the chaos. Now, I don't know if you thought about this. But I was wondering why that verb, hovering. If I'm honest with you, I was expecting a different verb. A verb like conquering. (laughs) A verb like directed, the Spirit of God directed the chaos. The Spirit of God commanded the chaos. The Spirit of God conquered the chaos. But that's not the verb. That's not the image we have. We have this image of the Spirit of God hovering. And I wondered about that. So we see this initial, this inaugural, this first activity of the Spirit of God is to hover over the chaos, over a frenzied situation, a troubled situation. And then this. Here's what I noticed. Missed it all this time. The Spirit of God was hovering over, first calming the chaos, then, now read the rest of it, now read verse 3, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Here it is. Before God created the world, the Spirit of God calmed the world. Before God created the world, the Spirit of God calmed the chaos, was hovering, was present, bringing calm to the chaos, and then let there be transformation, let there be new, let there be creation, let there be light, let there be healing. And then I thought about it. 
One of the key reasons why we need to pray for the gift of peace, for the calming presence of God, is because it is the first step to healing. It is the first step to creating something new. It is the first step to transformation. You see, because when there's chaos, it's hard for me to recognize the presence of God. It's hard for me to hear the voice of God when there's chaos in my soul. And so God said, I want to give you peace. Let's begin by loving you and settling the chaos. By giving you peace so that you can see and hear. Then step two, then let the healing begin. Then let the creating and the transforming begin. So, tip, right? If you experience the peace of God in a situation, look out for the transformation and the healing that follows. Then let there be light. And there was light. And so I pray every day, God, calm the chaos in my life. For I am prone to chaos. I'm good at it. I'm talented at it. Calm the chaos. And from now, and so what I do is when I notice the peace of God. So if I've been praying towards something or for something, and when I experience the peace of God in that thing, in that situation, for me, that's not the end. I am looking forward to what's coming next. The then. So the Old Testament begins with this image of the Spirit of God hovering calming the chaos. It is then fitting that the New Testament begins with the image, Matthew 3, verse 16, when Jesus was baptized, he immediately came up out of the water, heaven was opened, and the Spirit of God descended, hovered as a dove. So before all the healing and the miracles and the transforming work and the powerful things that Jesus did, before all of that, what came first? The calming, the peace, the hovering of the Spirit was the first thing. That's how the New Testament began. It echoes, it touches, it's supposed to remind you of what happened in Genesis 1. It's supposed to take you back there to see the connection. And then from there, Jesus went into the world and we see healing and miracles and miracles. All the Gospels make mention of this moment where we see the Spirit come hovering and descending upon Christ. We see this image of the Spirit as a dove calming the chaos. I think that is because you and I need to understand an important task 
and come to grips with an important role that the Holy Spirit wants to play in our lives. You see, if it was me, I would have thought, God, wouldn't it be better if the heavens opened and out came an eagle or a hawk and the Spirit of God hovered like an eagle, like a hawk? Yes. But no, as a dove. And so I thought about why is that? What are we supposed to see and recognize about who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit wants to do for you that the Holy Spirit comes as a dove? In fact, Luke goes even one step further. He didn't say as a dove. He says a dove. The Holy Spirit comes as a dove. Why? I think part of the answer, part of the thing we mean to see, part of what we are meant to recognize here and the message for us today is the maternal, not paternal, maternal, tender, gentle presence of God in our lives, calming the chaos. The gentle and tender work that God's Spirit wants to do in our lives. task of the Holy Spirit we are meant to see in Genesis at the beginning and in Matthew, Mark, and Luke at the beginning of the New Testament is that the Holy Spirit's task is uh, the calming, tender, gentle, uh, peaceful presence of God in our lives, calming the chaos. A dove in biblical times was seen as a feminine symbol. The word for the Holy Spirit, you all know this already, is a feminine word. We are meant to recognize the gentle work of calming the chaos that the Spirit of God wants to do in our lives. A dove was considered as a symbol for motherhood, for nurture, for care. And then it took on a whole new meaning when I was in the wilderness last year, you remember, and I was doing my field guide training, and I learned something why the dove is considered a symbol in nature of motherhood. Do you know why? It's beautiful. Doves, unlike any other bird, well, with the exception of pigeons and flamingos, Fun fact for the day, doves, pigeons, and flamingos, maybe a penguin or two, are the only ones who have the ability to produce their own milk. Isn't that fascinating? There is a reason that a dove is the international symbol of peace and tenderness and nurturing and kindness. Calming the chaos. Do you remember when your kids were small? I mean, wait, let me first say this. There are times in life where we need 
the Father's presence. There are times which our Heavenly Father gives us. There are times in life where we need brotherly love that we find in Jesus. But there are times where we need a mother's calming of the chaos, the gentleness, the tenderness, the kindness, the reassurance, that peacefulness, that it's going to be okay. Do you remember when your kids were small and, they, and, and you hear a scream? Da- dads go, is there blood? <laughs> no, no blood? Okay, you're good. Moms go, Come sit on my lap. Let me kiss it better. A little hug and a cuddle. Right? I mean, I saw yesterday, we, 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 had this, uh, we had this thing on for our leaders at church yesterday, and the kids were playing upstairs, and, and at one point there was some chaos upstairs with the children. It was downstairs. Yeah, no, <laughs> it was, there was definitely chaos downstairs, uh, Leon. You make no mistake. I still have a headache from that. Um, but there was chaos upstairs, and who goes? The moms go running up the stairs to calm the chaos. Friends, the enemy of your soul, and I want you to hear this. This is, a, this is not a complicated message today. It's an important message. The enemy of your soul. The devil's task when it comes to you and your life and your marriage and your relationships and your finances and and your neighbors and your kids, whatever, his task is to exaggerate the chaos, to magnify the chaos, to overstate, to amplify, to, to, to get you into a place where... Your thoughts and your thinking pattern is, this will never end. No one's going to help me. There is no hope. There is no way out. This is my life now. This is just what it's going to be. No one's going to love me. This is now who I am, and this is just the way I've got to live life. It's all over. I'm never going to get through this. Everyone is against me. Assuming the worst. Let me plant those thoughts, assuming the worst, and we don't sleep. And this voice of fear grows, and it translates into anxiety. And we have these waves of anxiety and stress that rolls over us. It is a, it, it is a trademark of modern-day living. And so society has developed many ways to deal with stress and anxiety. And in some way, they have all got their place and are valuable, and we thank God for them. But I want to say this to you, and here's what you, want to, what you need to hear today, is that the person that has the Spirit of God in him or her has the greatest antidote for anxiety and stress and worry that's consuming so many of us. For the Spirit of God wants to give you a gift that the world cannot give you. The calming presence, the nurturing, the gentle power of Creator God. Calming the chaos. 
And I want to just, in a practical way, share with you very quickly, then I'm done. I want to share with you in a practical way, how do I access the calming presence of God? I want to get practical for a second. I believe there is one key thing that will unlock when you feel the, the, the waves of anxiety and worry rolling over you, when you are losing sleep, when you are struggling and you're thinking about this and that and worrying about this and that, I believe there is one key tool that God has given us to access, to unlock the calming, peaceful presence of God in our lives. This gift to unpack and open up this gift that God has given us. Want to know what it is? When the waves of anxiety begins to roll, we begin to worship. That's the key. Write it down. Worship. Praise and worship. Praise and worship, my dear friends, is that cleansing, is that healing, is that calming gateway. It is the calming before the creating. We see a great example of this, the Apostle Paul. In Ephesians 5, verse 18, this is from the NIV, 18 to 20, Paul says this. He says, listen, you've got two options, essentially. When anxiety overtakes you, when worry and fear overtakes you, you've got two options. So he presents us with two ways of going about it. Ephesians 5, 18, he says, do not get drunk on wine, <laughs> which leads to debauchery. Instead, <laughs> be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul says, listen, there are pretty much two, two ways you can go <laughs> in Paul's view here is inebriation or celebration. And of course, inebriation is really just and takes so many forms, right? It is a numbing of, it is an ignoring of, it is a pushing back into the background of. Now we do that in so many ways, either by shopping. <laughs> Men. Drinking. Substances. Playing. All kinds of ways we have invented for ourselves to push aside, to ignore, to numb. Paul says there is a better way than inebriation. There is celebration. Paul says what that does, it is inviting the hovering of the Spirit of God into the chaos so that the Spirit of God can calm the chaos so that the creating of new and healing and transforming can begin. The key to unlocking the peace of God is praise and worship, celebration, because it moves us. When I come and I say, Lord, I focus on you and I worship you, 
moves me from, from panic to peace, from chaos to calm, from clutter to clarity. It is the thing that flushes fear and worry and anxiety for our lives when we turn our attention to God and we worship him. Paul modeled this for us. He showed us in Acts 16. You remember when he was in Philippi, uh, he was arrested. Paul and Silas, they were arrested. They were beaten. They were imprisoned. Things were not looking good. There was every reason for anxiety and for panic and for fear and for worry. They were locked in a strange town in prison, and there was no way out. They did not read Acts 16, so they had no idea how the story ends. What did they choose to do? Around midnight, Acts 1625, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Spirit of God hovering, the calming of the chaos. And the other prisoners were listening to them. And then, it's the same as in Genesis 1, then... 26, uh, verse 26, then all at once there was such a violent earthquake that it shook the prison's foundations. The doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Worship, chains came loose. Spirit of God hovering, calming the chaos, there was life. And the gateway to that is worship. So here's how it looks. Here's how it looks. And so this is now tried and tested. This is from experience. This is directly from Paul Smith's life. Here's how it looks. Here's what you do. You go to bed at 10 o'clock. And you can't sleep. And you're watching that clock tick. And the numbers roll by, and you can't sleep because you're thinking about this, you're thinking about that, you're worried about this, you've got a meeting tomorrow morning, and you're worried about this, and you're worried about that, and you can't sleep. And the more you can't sleep, the more you panic, and the more you panic, the more uh, you feel anxiety rolling, washing over you, because now it's 12 o'clock, and I'm still not sleeping. Who's ever been there? Okay, three of us. Okay. <laughs> The rest, the rest of you can go. Um, and now it's one o'clock and you can't sleep. And then what happens is now the enemy of your soul kicks in. And now I'm assuming the worst and things get exaggerated and magnified. And my worry becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And here's what we do because there is a new you being formed with the spirit of God in you. So here's what you do. You get up and you open up your Bible on the front inside page. You have written a verse. <laughs> or you start reading Psalms like Psalm 34, for example. And you open God's word and you start and you look specifically at those verses where you are told that God's spirit wants to give you peace. And then you put a tape on. You know, maybe not a tape. You put an app on. 
that plays music. So you open God's word, you remind your soul of the promises of God, and then you start to worship. You pick your favorite worship song. And can I just say, this is tried and tested. And then you worship. And you say, Lord, I'm, I'm thinking about this. I'm worried about this. Lord, I give this to you. I worship you. I give you thanks. Come, Holy Spirit, hover over my chaos. And I worship God, and I put my focus on Him. And I say, come and calm my chaos and give me peace. And then you will sleep. And if you still won't sleep, then you keep doing it, because eventually you will. God has given us a very practical way to help us cope with the chaos in the world around us and in us. He wants to give you the calming, nurturing, caring, gentle, peaceful presence of God. Let us pray. If you'd like to join me in praying, then stand with me as we invite the calming presence of God into our lives. I don't know, maybe, maybe you passed your exams and it's great. And there's no chaos in your life. There's only chaos in your parents' life because now they're worried about what you're going to do next year. <laughs> Maybe you did not pass your exams. I don't know. Maybe your husband is annoying the living daylights out of you. Whatever the chaos. Maybe you're about to go on holiday, but your savings account is low. Whatever the chaos. Gentle dove. Nurturing. Tender. Peaceful. Spirit of God. We invite you now into our chaos. Come and calm my chaos. Nurture me. Feed me. Silence the voices of fear and anxiety in me so that I can hear your voice. So that the healing and the transforming and the creating of new can begin in me. Create in me, O oh God, a new heart, a new mind. As you hovered over the chaos at creation. I stand before you today and ask, 
as a child of God, adopted into his family. Will you calm the chaos in me and give me peace? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening and we hope that you have a wonderful week. See you next time.